Welcome back to Between the Levees. Today's episode is brought to you by Callahan Marine Consulting. For any surveying or metal fabrication needs, please contact them at 225-206-3010 or by email at tcgofish at gmail.com. That's T-C-G-O-F-I-S-H at gmail.com. You can check them out on Facebook or at their website, callahanmarineconsulting.com. I'm joined today by Mr. Ryan Phillips, a former boss of mine at a job, my last job, actually. Mr. Phillips, thank you for joining me today. Hey, Tim, how are you? Doing just fine. I know, of course, you were a pretty early fan of the show. Um, have you found yourself learning anything about some old friends? I, I have. I've, uh, I've liked listening to a bunch of the stories. You know, I, I've really uh, enjoyed Zarnicky's, Mr. Mark Zarnicky's, and uh, uh, Kenny C, Vicky, it, it's it's a trip down memory lane. A lot of people that I started out in the industry with, so it's uh it's been very enjoyable to watch it. Have you learned learned anything new about anybody you uh didn't expect? Not really, <laughs> not really. I, well, I was wondering if some stories were going to get put on there, but I I'm not sure what kind of uh, show this is if it's PG or not. So say whatever you got to say, sir. <laughs> well. This begins the same way. Tell me, sir, where were you born? Greensburg, Louisiana. Um, September 28, 1976. I think I was the last child born in a hospital for, for 10 years. <laughs> My dad was administrator at the time. So, uh, so yeah, I think he got a good, good deal. And where is Greensburg compared um, to, say, New Orleans? I hit up I-55. So it's... It's before you, you have the, the Tanchbehoe Greensburg exit. Then you have, um, or excuse me, it's Fluker Greensburg exit. Then you have the Tanchbehoe. Then you have Kentwood. Then you're into Mississippi. But yeah, it's uh, you have Arcola right before the the Greensburg Fluker, and then Amit right before that. So that's where I spent most of my uh, younger days between Amit and Greensburg. And you grew up on a farm, correct? Well, my uh, my uncle uh, had cows. So I grew up milking cows with my mother's brother. Um, you know, my mom and stepdad, they had they had some cows, some beef cows. Mom had uh, blueberries, a bunch of blueberry trees in the field or, or bushes, to say. So uh, that's I picked a bunch of blueberries. I picked a bunch of watermelons. Uh, I milked a bunch of cows. So yeah. So I had a lot of fun growing up. What did your parents do for a living? Um, my dad was, when I was born, he was administrator of the hospital at Greensburg. Then he got into uh, into politics. He was the assessor for St. Lena Parish, the tax assessor. Um, and then his last stint was sheriff of uh, St. Lena Parish. Now, my mom worked at Hammond State School, um, I guess, I guess a clerk would say she worked there from the time I was born until you know until she passed and you said your stepdad what did he do just my stepdad was a loan officer so he was um he was either VP or president of different banks um growing up you know Amy Kentwood back and forth did your father remarry <laughs> plenty of times <laughs> it's, it's too many. yeah yeah, he, he liked the ladies. Fair enough. Yeah. 
Well, what was life growing up up there? Um, it was it was simple. It was um, it was slow, especially compared to today. I mean, it's you know, um, you're out and about doing everything. It was all sports, you know, uh, baseball, football, track. Um, tried basketball. I was not not very good. Coach told me to go hit the gym, get ready for football. So, you know, it's um, you worked, you hung out on the house, you hunted. You, you know, is is always outdoor stuff. So it's it's totally different um, than today, I guess, for the most part. And you have an older brother, right? I do. Um, my brother Greg, he is right six years older than me. Now he's uh, he lives in in New Orleans. He works for PBF Energy. I think I might know what this answer will be, but were you drawn to anything in school growing up? <laughs> um, recess. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I I like to socialize. I was uh, I was one of the guys. You know, let's just go have fun. I wanted to have fun. I didn't take anything too serious, um, which. It's helped some and and uh, probably hindered me in in other ways, but um, I didn't mind hard work. I just I just wanted to have fun, you know. Did you finish college? I did not. Um, I went went to Southeastern uh, right out of school. I joined the National Guard. Went to Southeastern. Uh, my very first semester, I got pulled out of school to go to Panama. I spent three weeks in Panama for the Guard. Um, you know, you come back and you the teachers give you time to make up your tests. Well, I missed all my midterms. Needless to say, I didn't do very well that first semester. Um, and I tried to pull pull it up the next couple of semesters. And then I, I quit going to school full time. I, I went back to work full time at the sheriff's office and I would take classes here and there. So, I mean, I'm a if you go back and look at it, I'm a junior, but I never finished. You know. well, tell me about your time in Panama. Uh, we, we were building roads up the side of a mountain it was um it was neat i was uh i was changing skitter tires i was doing whatever so my my mos uh in the guard was a 62 juliet which was it was a little c truck they call it it was a little truck with the back end uh uh backhoe you know digging stuff but it it was mainly the asphalt division that I was in and there were, we weren't doing anything asphalt there. So it was just labor, you know, it was, it was the first time I'd seen anything uh, third world country as like people actually living in huts in the mountain. And it was, it was so weird. You'd see people living in the huts and then you'd go up the mountain a little further and they'd be this big humongous house, you know, it was like, it, it was, it was totally weird, you know, but it was neat. It was a lot of fun. You know, first time I saw a sloth outside of our camp, and it was neat. <laughs> How long were you in the guard, and uh, did you deploy anywhere else? Um, I was in the guard six years total active, eight years inactive. I've been to Panama and uh, Honduras. Those were the only two, only two areas I've been to, and it was just summer camps. Most summer camps were at uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. I mean, at uh, at uh, Camp Ball. Fort Leonard Woods, where I went to uh, basic. Anything interesting come to mind from Honduras? Um, yeah, on the Honduras trip, I was working for the sheriff's office still. And um, 
our first sergeant, I was there for like three days and the first sergeant called me in the office and it was a gentleman from, um, from our Franklinton uh, unit. His wife or his girlfriend had been found um, dead and they wasn't, they weren't sure exactly what all happened and they wanted to question him. So I had to transport him back from Honduras back to the Franklinton units. We hitched a ride um, with some Air Force guys in the back of the C-130. We hopped over and we stayed in a, a big fine hotel and, and went back. And I was like, maybe I should join the Air Force. I mean, <laughs> they had things set up nice, you know. We're staying in tents and they're in five-star hotels. But um, that was different, you know, having conversations with him and, you know, not sure what to do. It was uh, It was definitely a... It was weird. It was a weird time. But come to find out, he didn't have anything to do with it. You know, he was all upset. But, you know, I got paid for the sheriff's office and for uh, the U.S. government for two weeks. So that wasn't bad. What about basic at Fort Leonard Wood? Um, it, it, was, it was sucky at first. You know, it's at first everybody screaming, hollering at you, which – I kind of grew up with that. So it really didn't, you know, how would be all you want? You can't touch me. And my dad did. So. <laughs> but um, it, it was weird. I remember going there thinking, oh man, I'm used to Louisiana heat. Nothing wrong with this. And that, it sucked. I mean, it was just as bad, if not worse over there. And uh, look, I left in September um, and I talked to, you know, Scott Stewart, my buddy, he joined right after me. And I'd talked to him. He he was there from the summer until the fall. And he's like, yeah, you left. It was probably 90 to 100 degrees whenever I left. And in two or three months, it was snowing. So he got the the worst of both worlds. But it, it was it was really neat. Um, I met a lot of people of totally different backgrounds than I'd been used to. You learn a lot about different people. You kind of build a bond because um, you have to. I mean, you're you're stuck in some stressful situations with people you you learn real fast uh who you can count on who you can't and it's just it was um it was a it was a good experience i i, I think everybody should have that experience yeah. well what did you do for the sheriff's office um i started off in the jail i was a jailer for maybe a year and a half two years and when I was working in the jail, I started uh, doing some stuff on the side with some of our tri-parish guys, uh, which was the narcotics division. And then I got to go out with them, and and that was kind of like my introduction to just fast-paced, adrenaline, just crazy stuff happening. And, um, and I, I fell in love with that. So we opened the St. Uh, Tangible Parish Sheriff's Office started doing community policing in 96 or something like that is a federally funded program where you you would um, each deputy would have a assigned area he goes in he learns the you know the the pillars of the community you find your pastor of the community your your older ladies older gentlemen that have been there for a long time and you you go out, you're going from house to house meeting these people, talking to them, trying to find out what their problems are or what, what you can do to help fix it and 
find out who's selling the drugs, try to get drugs off the street, try to just clean up the area. Um, and I did that for, let's see, I was in the sheriff's office from 90, the end of 95 until 2001, like March of 2001. So I, I really had a plan of, you know, I, I wanted to make law enforcement on my career. I, I, I got to do some things with the U.S. Marshals um, on some different raids, and that was that was really exciting. I was just, you know, I wanted to go be a U.S. Marshal. Um, things change. And do you share any de details about your time as a jailer? Any interesting stories about any goofy, goofy shit you've seen or uh, maybe on the narcotics end on the on the back end of it? Um, I, I think I was real naive when I first started, you know, I was, I wouldn't say I was sheltered, but I just, you know, I thought everybody wants to be your best friend. Everybody's, you know, Hey, everybody's got your best interest and just the conniving and, um, I guess the backstabbing and the way things worked in, in the jail and the prison system. Uh, not so much on our, our end, but uh, with the inmates watching them, it was. I think it was a big life lesson to me. It, it was. It was really weird, and, and you see the hierarchy and the way things happen there. And and um, you know, I'm. I like goofing off and being goofy, and that some of that stuff in there is is uh, is thought of as disrespect. I learned. I I, I was brand new. You know, I 18 years old doing that. So. It was some uh, good life lessons, and uh, yeah, I, I won't go into some of the other stories, but yeah. Well, what prompted your departure from law enforcement? Um, so in in nineteen ninety eight, um, I remember it was, it was January ninety eight. My dad, he was a sheriff of, of Saint Lee the Parish, and and he came and met me, and he kind of told me, he said, hey. Um, just want to let you know I'm going to be indicted on um, some kind of crazy charges for when he was assessor. Uh, so I didn't really think anything of it. And then I did, I sat through the, um, sat through that trial and, and uh, he got convicted April the 21st of 98. So I had a kind of a sour taste in my mouth about law enforcement, just, just the whole situation. Um, and then that summer, I was actually at boot camp that summer in June, and I got a call uh, like my last week there that my mother had been admitted in the hospital. And when I came back home, they she had cancer. So, okay, well, we'll figure it out. And it was liver cancer. And that's the, the doctor was like, hey, uh, you know, she may live six months she may live two days she may live a year but i've never seen anybody live past a year with full-blown you know liver cancer and she died four weeks to the day of of getting that um august the 29th of 98 getting that uh finding out what it was so i just kind of went you know down a little spiral uh, on you know what's I don't want to say start feeling sorry for yourself, start getting aggravated, mad at the world. And, and uh, you know, it just, it was time for me to make a change. I was just kind of pissed off the world. And I went back to school and, and you know, acted like an idiot. 
<laughs> and then, you know, then left school and it's like, okay, I just threw away six years of law enforcement. Now what do I do? So, but it all worked out in the end so far, you know? Well, yeah. What happened next for you? Um, after that, I started, um, I went and worked for a collection agency in Hammond. So, um, my stepbrother at the time was working at a loan department and he was talking about trying to go out with all these people not paying their loans. I was like, I, I know Tanceville Parish. So I went and talked to his boss and I would go collect money. And I, I did pretty good at it. I knew where all the people, uh, people were, the places. So, and half these cats I knew from my time at the sheriff's office, it seemed like. So, you know, I, I'm riding around some of them that still think I'm the sheriff. So it kind of helped. I collected my money and um, then he opened up a collection business and I went and um, started off collection for him. And I started running that office and then I got into to sales um, with a, another friend of mine who had a, a office supply and furniture company. I started doing sales for him and I worked there for about three years. and. Um, and then I ran into my wife now, Stephanie, who was living in Baton Rouge, and and we started dating. So um, it was getting serious. So I quit that job and I moved to Baton Rouge, and I was doing furniture sales. Um, and then I did sales for a lumber company, and then I found out about the job with AEP, and um, the rest is history. What job was that with AEP? It was a dispatcher job for Dockside Fleet. Uh, Darren Chambers was running the fleet. My buddy Scott, Scott told me about it. He's like, hey, there's an opening. You know Darren. We had hung out before. Um, so I called Darren up and we got to talking. And um, I interviewed. <laughs> funny, funny story. The day of my my interview, I was, I was selling lumber and, and um, I had two houses being built. <clears throat> and I drove home the, to Baton Rouge, getting ready to go for my interview. And uh, one of the, the builders called me. The guys dropped off the wrong size attic door. And he had to have that attic door for them to come do their inspection to get the next, next pool. So I hauled butt to Zachary to get an attic door. I got a speeding ticket on the way to Zachary. Hauled butt back to Baton Rouge to drop the door off. I got a speeding ticket on the way back to Baton Rouge. Um, hopped in Stephanie's car to leave to go on this interview. And I'm like, I, I've got to fly to get there. Her gas tank is on E. <laughs> I made it to James Business Park and I interviewed with Terrence Gomez. I got the job. Um and luckily, there was a gas station right outside that I filled. <laughs> but it was a, it was a wild day. Um, and actually, yes, <clears throat> excuse me. Yesterday made seventeen years. So, congratulations on that. So, uh, how would that interview go that day? Did you fill them in on your on your antics that day? <laughs> I don't remember if I if I told him all that. T was just remember he he, he sat down behind the desk and you know. He's probably one of the coolest guys I've ever met, but he was kind of intimidating back then because he was real quiet, just kind of studying you, staring you down. It was, it was uh, he was across the desk from him. Miss Sharon was head HR. 
he just asked a few questions and and uh, he was very honest um that i probably wouldn't have been sitting there taking the interview if it wasn't for somebody that called him and said that they should probably look at me so i was appreciative of that but um it, it went well i got the job and uh, i got to learn a lot from from terrence um Miss Vicky, Miss Vicky started in August of that year, and she came in and and she really um, showed me a lot. She had a lot of knowledge. You know, I was green. I sat with Miss Trudy and Miss Linda. Um, the very first day I came in, I got to meet Kenny C. <laughs> that was an adventure. That that's a good dude. Uh, Amber Palmer was there. Joe Ward. So, I mean, I, a lot of, a lot of, uh, I've got to work with a lot of good people so far in my career. I don't know if you were aware if I ever shared it, but uh, my first day at AEP, when I walked in the door, it was just Kenny and Michelle in the, in the office. Mm -hmm. I walked right in. Kenny said, who the hell are you? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, welcome aboard. But uh, tell me that's, about that. What's that? I said, that's the first, that's the first thing he said to me. Who are you? I yeah. said, well, I'm Ryan. They just hired me on for what? I said, for convent. And he goes, are they trying to get rid of me? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Kenny's awesome, dude. Well, tell me about that first gig and kind of, I guess, how your career developed. Um, So they, they hired me in. I went and worked at, um, at Dockside Fleet. And um, like I said, Miss... Miss Lyndon, Miss Trudy is is who I train with, and you know I I, I didn't know anything. You know I, I I'm I'm ten four and and everything like that, getting chastised by the boats. You know it's ten four. It's Roger, okay. <laughs> um, but I didn't know anything. I mean I, I was green, um, but I I knew I didn't know anything, and I expressed that I didn't know anything, and I listened to the boats. You know, and uh, I remember. <laughs> the very first time I, I I was sitting back trying to take calls while Miss Linda and them were doing stuff that they let me mess up, which I think is a good thing. They let me mess up and then, all right, now what'd you do wrong instead of fixing it all? Um, but yeah, I, I'm calling, griping it. Captain Reggie was on at, uh, at Dockside. I was like, man, it's been 15 minutes. Where is that barge? <laughs> That's, he's like, you've never been out here, have you? I'm like, no. Nope. So come ride with me. I'm on this time next week, whatever. He said, why don't you come ride with me? And I did. And and he taught me a lot, you know, just things I didn't know. I was like, shit, it, it takes 15 minutes just to get back to the fleet, you know? So I don't know. It was, it's weird in the fact that, you know, law enforcement, when you start doing law enforcement and you get in, it, it, it really grabs a hold of you and, it's hard to find another career, another job that you really like. It's at least it was for me. Um, after about, I don't know, the first two or three months of, of doing dispatching the fleets and just learning, meeting people. I was like, yeah, I, I like this. And, and with AP, I was like, I, I can retire here. You know, I, I really thought I could make a career out of it. So um, I did dockside for, it was a little less than a year. And I moved over to convent fleet and I dispatched convent fleet for about two, two or three years. And then I moved to our shuttle dispatch. 
Miss Vicky, she became like the golf manager. And then I became the shuttle dispatcher. And that's probably my favorite position of all the positions that I've had. Just you're really, it, it was really putting the puzzle together, you know, trying to, you got to talk to all the customers, trying to make everybody happy, which you're not going to, but if you can make things happen, you just feel like you've really accomplished something. And, you know, it, it, I really enjoyed that job. And then um, I was probably there for four years, maybe. Uh, and then I went on to line hall dispatch and I was line hall for maybe a year before I got moved to like lead dispatch over the fleets um, answering to Miss Vicky. But yeah, I, uh, I still missed my shuttle dispatching. That was a lot of fun. It was, you know, you, you, you make a plan and you get to see this instant satisfaction because you see within 24 hours, whether your plan worked or not and, and it works out. Whereas now it's, you start a project and it may not be done for a year or two, you know, or, or it may never come to fruition. So it's kind of like, okay, <laughs> I feel like I'm just putting out fires most of the time, you know? Oh, was, uh, getting on reggie's boat the first time you've been out there it was it was i um uh sam barrios was was here so sam uh took me out to dockside and we hopped on reggie's boat and i rode around for the day and um and then you know sam took me to lunch at a fun place and then we went and and came home but yeah it's the first time i'd ever been on a uh, on a tugboat which is it's crazy it you know you grew up in louisiana i don't have a clue what's on the on the other side of the levee and that's our parents did ask me i was like you know in the guard i, I drove some heavy equipment onto a barge on red river that they were taking out of country i said but that's that's the only thing i've ever done with a barge you know but um you know i found out if you if you pay pay attention and you have any kind of work ethic and want to work hard or, or just you know want to learn you can do the job so well tell me a little bit about that first time stepping on a boat and then uh also i guess when was it that it kind of clicked and you said okay this is an, an industry i want to stay in um yeah so first time getting on at pulling up at dockside i just remember how rickety the uh the walkway was <laughs> Like, dang. And uh, you hopped on the boat and, you know, it was a lot cleaner than I, I thought something like that would be. They they um, they kept the boats really clean down there. And, you know, it was weird. I just, you know, I've, I've been on pleasure crafts and different things like that. But that big old top heavy boat and they're turning and you're moving around and you're really teeter tottering. But um, it was neat. I sat in there and like I said, I, I got to, to see what they were doing. I've never actually decked myself. Uh, I, I still, they, you know, I've got out there on it, but I never messed with the the lines or anything like that. But um, it was probably, like I said, it was probably three or four months in of just learning and trying to understand it. Um, it, it was I won't say it can't just came easily. You had to think you had to, you know, you couldn't just go blindly into the next thing or else you're not really, you know, dispatching. So like I said, Miss Linda and Miss Trudy let me make a mistake 
and then asked me why it was a mistake and helped me understand. So that was, that was really good. But yeah, it was three or four months in. I was like, you know, I really like this. I really like the people that I'm working with. I think that probably had a lot to do with it. That I mean, we just had a really, really good group, you know. Um, like I said, you had Linda, Trudy, Amber, Darren, um, Kenny, Miss Vicky, Joe Ward, um, Terrence Gomez was our boss. I mean, it was just I, I really enjoyed working with all of them, you know, and they treated me just like one of the guys, you know, not some new person that doesn't know anything you know they brought me in so it does sound like a hell of an a-team so when uh when i show up of course kenny greets me and uh you are fleet manager at the time it was over convent belmont and dockside is that correct um i'm trying to think you you came over when we were still aep right yes it was six yep. months six months or so prior to the sale yeah, so I was, I was, uh, I would be lead dispatch, but yeah, I was over the fleets. So Miss Vicky was our, our golf manager. And um, I was, I guess it was like a fleet manager, but it would just call me lead dispatch. And I controlled over the fleets and she was over me and over uh, shuttles and line hall for the golf. But yeah. And then, um, and you know, when, when the buyout happened, I went back to seven on seven off for a little bit until they, they moved me up. But yeah, I mean, this is the only place I've really known just for, I said, I started in June. I went to James business park until February of 07. And we moved in this building and convent and I've been coming here every day for the past, you know, 16 and a half years. Well, how did your career advance, I guess, into and through the buyout? Um, well, at first, I guess they were trying to fill everything out. They moved me back just to seven on seven uh, days. And then when, when Miss Vicky left, they asked me if I wanted to be the uh, fleet manager. And that's what I did. And then it, it, it got scarce around here. <laughs> you know, it was like very at days, it would just be three or four of us in here. So I, I was doing the fleet manager stuff and I was trying to um, do as much other stuff as I could, you know, to make myself useful. And, um, you know, I think after two years, was it two years, three years, they made me director. And, um, and then now we're, I mean, you wouldn't recognize the office. We're full again, man. I mean, we're running out of offices with everybody moving back down and, and uh, but it's, been fun you know I, I like i get to work more with the the sales guys and do different things with the sales guys and ops guys i mean i, I like i like what i'm doing you know how many folks report to you and uh how have your responsibilities grown since maybe i last worked for you um 10 people are reporting to me now so we have we have my regular fleet dispatchers um we have an intern that just started a brand new young guy. He, he's, um, he's picking up quick, pretty sharp. Um, we have, um, uh, Caitlin who's, she handles the ships and our billing. Um, she's, she's fairly new too. We've got a lot of new people. <laughs> um, but I feel like we've got a really strong group now. We've got, we've got a really good group. Um, 
think you got me and Michelle and Roy are the oldest ones, you know, long-term in, in dispatch over here. And I don't know that my responsibilities have changed a whole lot. Um, I've got more people to answer to now, you know, so uh, that's about it. We're, we're, things are, are moving along pretty well here. So, yeah, staying busy. And how are the wife and kids? Man, they are great. They are great. Um, yeah, Steph and I just celebrated our 17th anniversary. Yeah, she um, she and I got married in April, and then in June I started. So, I mean, so I said it was – I got married, and everything started working out for me, you know, and just had to had to settle down, I guess, you know. Um, she just turned well, – in October she turned 15, so been teaching her how to drive. Uh, she's not doing too bad um and then he's 10 he's just running around doing everything you know so he's a ball of energy i can't believe she's driving already or almost me me neither this is the craziest story tim she she finishes off her day at school at the arts building when they're doing plays and stuff so her mom picks her up from that building and drives her home every day um after she passed all her her tests to get her her learns permit i pick her up one evening it's like 9 30 close to 10 you know she's finished with the play and she's like dad i want to drive home okay cool we get in and she goes how do i get home i'm like <laughs> your mom's been picking you up bringing you home for the last three years from this exact spot how do you not know how to get home well it's dark and I, i've never been in the dark i'm like you gotta be kidding me I was like, your head's in that phone the whole time, not paying attention to anything. So, yeah, that that uh, that just it drove me nuts. I'm like, you know, when I was 15, we were just two different people, you know. I was driving a tractor, bailing hay. I was, you know, driving a truck, going out and doing things I probably shouldn't have, you know. I thought I was grown. So, uh, it's, it's totally different generation. How's your wife, man? We're all good. We're we're. I work from home now, so I work right there, and I edit right here, and mm-hmm. record right here. So I mean, that's. I don't leave the house much. It's kind of showing a little bit, but uh, <laughs> but to to close this out, we're just about done with these questions. Uh, do you have any kind of uh, I don't know, closing thoughts, closing remarks for 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 an industry that might be listening to this? Um, be a Mark Zarnicky. It, it hit me on his closing remarks. He's like, look, he said, I was, I want to learn everything. I want to soak up knowledge. So many people, and I don't want to put a bit bad taste on younger generation, but, you know, since the last few groups that we've had in, so many people are like, that's not my job. That's not my job. And that is the worst. I hate hearing it, but I think that's the worst way to look at things. It may not be your job, but it could be your job one day. Or why wouldn't you want to learn it? Why wouldn't you want to learn the person sitting next to you? Why wouldn't you want to learn their job? So then when they're gone or or, or they need to be out for something, you could pick that up, you know, because this industry is very cyclical. You have your ups and your downs and your ups and your downs. And you, you want to be, a, I guess, a, a Swiss army knife in somebody's pocket. You know, you want to be able to do everything. So learn. When it's slow, go sit with that person down the road, you know, hey, 
teach me how you do this. Ask them, you know, and don't be afraid to work. Oh, I appreciate it, sir. I think that'll just about do it. All right. Hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to some more macaroons. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen any lately. Submit your order request, please. <laughs> I will. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Thank you, man. Hey, thanks for having me, bud. All right. Yes, sir. This has been a production of Where You At Studios, LLC.